helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. It has been my experience that many disagreements about policy result more from a difference in priorities. One person prioritizes saving for tomorrow, while others prefer to enjoy what they have now. See, we all make decisions based on our priorities. Even politicians set their policies based on their own priorities. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, and today we are talking priorities. Again, here, our priority is to read and study the Constitution, to know what it says to understand as best as possible what the people who drafted and ratified that document meant, what they wanted when they did so, and then to use that to apply that to what we see around us. I recognize not everybody has that same priority. I encounter them every day. But that's not that, that may be their priority. Then again, I also remember the words of Daniel Patrick Moynihan, who said, you're entitled to your own opinion, you're not entitled to your own facts. But when you recognize that there's a difference of priorities, it helps maybe understand the, the, your, your political opponent, the person you are arguing with or debating with, if you understand their priorities, or at least attempt to. Now, recently we had an example of, well, a difference in priorities. And uh, as should not be a surprise to anyone, it is being used by their opponents to promote their priorities. What am I talking about? Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy was on MSNBC being interviewed by Chris Hayes. And of course, they were talking about the, the border deal that wasn't. I won't just retrace this. For my 20 years covering this issue, the trade is this. They want more border security and enhancement, Democrats want a path to citizenship. This time around, the negotiation didn't have a path to citizenship. It was entirely on their terms in order to get Ukraine funding, right? So Chris Hayes um, is, is identifying a difference in priorities. By they, when he means he means the Republicans, they want more border security. Okay, that would I, I would tend to agree with that. And of course, the Democrats, they their priority was path to citizenship. How do we bring more people in and give them a path to citizenship? And this has been the the binary dance that has been going on. Of course, he kind of loses the picture a little bit when he says that, uh, well, there was no path to citizenship, so this must have all been on the Republicans' uh, 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 terms. Not really, because when you look at it, there isn't much real security for the border in this uh, uh, in this bill, but that's that's not my point. I want to focus on the priorities because what Chris Murphy says says a lot about the priorities and may help explain why we have this fight every few years. Well, I mean, Chris, that's been a failed play for 20 years. So right. you are right that that has been the Democratic strategy for 30 years, maybe. Uh, and it has failed to deliver for the people we care about most, the undocumented Americans that are in this country. Did you catch that? The, the two little slips 
that says all about the priorities of Mr. Murphy and apparently most of the Democratic Party, at least at the national level. Yes, they are, they, what they want to do is they want to benefit people who broke the law to get into the country. He said, the, to deliver for the people we care about the most, the undocumented Americans. Uh, we're not talking about undocumented Americans. That was the other slip. See, he thinks when someone breaks the law to come across the border, he thinks that makes them an American. Apparently. Now, maybe that was a slip of the tongue. I'd be willing to grant him that. But it shows a drastic difference in priority. See, Chris, Mr. Murphy was hired by the people of Connecticut. He's a senator from Connecticut. A majority of the people of Connecticut voted for him in, in elections in order to have him represent the state of Connecticut. And technically, he's not even there to, to represent the people of Connecticut. No, no, no. Understand the role of the Senate. The Senate was created to represent the states. So Mr. Murphy is there supposedly to represent Connecticut. But apparently he's more worried about people who broke the law to get into this country. Undocumented is a euphemism. It's a nice way to say an illegal alien. These are not Americans. These are aliens. These are foreigners who broke the law to get here. And that apparently is the people that both Mr. Murphy and apparently a large percentage of at least the National Democratic Party that's what they care about most. Does that help explain the decades of desire to bring people into this country? If they're the ones you care about the most, you want to bring them in here and give them goodies. Does it explain why the uh, border laws have not been enforced? By the way, by uh, executives on both political parties, right? Um, a pox on all your on both your houses. Uh, Trump did more, but never forget it was Ronald Reagan, a, a stalwart of the Republican Party, who offered amnesty. I he said in hopes that it would solve this problem. It did not. But if the priority of those negotiating on the half of the of the Democrats for this quote unquote border bill. It are the people who broke the law to get here, that explains an awful lot, doesn't it? I put forth that the priority of the Democratic Party, the National Democratic Party, and I say that because I'm not talking about your local Democratic members. I'm talking about the National Party and, and the people we see up in Washington, D.C. Again, what has been their priority? It certainly is not strengthening our border. I would even go so far as to say it is not to bring in illegal aliens. No. What were they willing to fight for? What were they what did Joe Biden say he would not sign a standalone border bill? It would had to have what? Well, Mr. Hayes mentioned it. It had to have Ukraine funding. Meaning, in my mind, the priority of the Democratic Party, the National Democratic Party, today, right now, is not you. It's not me. It's not our 50 states. It is not our union. What is the priority? First, Ukraine. 
to prop up the Ukraine, Ukrainian government. Now, we can disagree about if that's a good idea or a bad idea policy-wise. That is their priority, as shown by their actions. And then, the, illegal al- the, the alien coming into this country illegally. And we're going to see more examples of this. Why well, I say it's, you know, it, it's, it's primarily at the national level, but it trickles down quite a bit from there. Uh, for example, listen to this. This is the introduction of legislation uh, in the state of Maine. My name is Deca Delac, representing House District 120, part of South Portland. I am proud to be before you today to present LD 2167, an act to, de- to develop Maine's economy and strength its workforce by establishing an office of new Americans. Okay, so this legislation would create an office of new Americans. By the way, this is promoted by the the Maine's uh, governor. And uh, first, of course, first question: um, what is uh, what does Maine consider to be a new American? Well, I, I found the report the, for the governor planned to establish the Maine office of new Americans, and they have a whole section on uh, well, who is a new American. Um, they include things like uh, uh, again foreign-born in- individuals. What they're telling us, you know, Maine is home to more than fifty-six thousand foreign-born individuals. Uh, they talk about the statistics of working age and and, and all that. Here's what's interesting: uh, near the end of that uh, th- that statement, they say uh, immigrants arrive in Maine through a range of pathways. Many recent immigrants have been drawn to the state through professional opportunities, family ties, or migrant farm work. Maine has welcomed refugees through the U.S. Office of Refugee Settlement since its establishment in 1975. In recent years, many immigrants, uh, many immigrant arrivals in Maine have been asylum seekers from international conflict zones. Here's the interesting thing. Um, many of those demographics there she refers, that she refers to, uh, don't always enter this country legally. Uh, for example, they refer to asylum seekers, which the document defines as a person who has left their country and is in the process of seeking protection from persecution or human rights violations in another country, but who hasn't been granted legal asylum and is waiting to receive a decision on their asylum claim. And that, By the way, they also define a new American as, for the purpose of this report, a new American is defined as any individual born outside of the United States who is currently residing in the United States. No, it didn't say legally residing. If you were born outside of the United States and you made it here, you're a new American. Now, during some of the debate on this legislation, an interesting fact came out. What about the military folks that are getting out of the military and they have to go through all the lines to start all over again, even though they have credentials? So my question, pretty simple, why would we fast track them and we won't do it for our military? They have the advantage of speaking the language, most of our military folks. So these folks that we're really working on may not have that. So it's going to be really difficult for them to say, yes, I used to be an uh, electrician in my country. I'm just using mine, which is Somalia. But that might not really fall into our laws that we have in this country. So she's saying that we shouldn't help military veterans, men and women who have have served this country honorably, been discharged, and are now lurking for work 
they should be sent back to start getting their credentials all over again. Um, but because another person comes here, possibly legally, possibly not, but because they don't necessarily speak the language very well, they should get a hand up. You see the priority here? The priority is not the person who honorably served in the military, not for this individual. And the person, the, this individual prioritizes someone who came here, someone who's, again, now if you came here legally, I want you to have a fair shot, right? I don't want to give you, I don't want to, to give you additional assistance, but I don't want to hold you down. But that's not what she's talking about. She's saying we need to not uh, help the, uh, the the veteran who has served this country. No, no, no. We need to help the migrant that has come to this country. Again, if you've come to this country legally, I'm all for it. And I want you to have a fair shot. But not at the expense of somebody else who has served this country. And of course, that's Maine. How about you go over to Denver, where the mayor, Mike Johnson, announced a decrease in city services last week to offset the cost inflicted on the cities on the city because of the the migrant crisis that in large part is being driven by parts of the Democratic Party that believe they are there to serve the the illegal immigrant or the what they call them, uh, uh, migrant American new American rather than the residents that uh, Mr. Johnson, is supposed to represent. See, the, the problem is when when you've got more mouths to feed than you have food to feed them with. Why is it these these the cities and the states want to feed the the migrant? Not, again, if they were here legally, and of course they never point that out. How many of you know the migrant crisis is not an, a crisis of legal migration? It is the it is it is not in fact in many cases it's not even illegal immigration, it is illegal migration right people coming going from another country here breaking our laws to enter this country, among other things, that's the migrant crisis illegal migration. They get stuff and oh by the way, if you happen to be a resident longtime resident of Denver and you were dependent on city services, too bad. And again, Denver's just the latest. New York City evacuated a school to house migrants. They told the kids to go home and study online, which, again, observation and studies have shown is not the best way to learn. Nope, you go home, you study online because we have to have room for these illegal migrants. See, it's not, it, it, it comes down to what is your priority? Apparently, for much of the Democratic Party, it's people who are not Americans. It's the illegal immigrant. It's the, uh, I should say illegal migrant. It's the illegal alien. It's the... Uh, um, how how did he how did he say the, the how did uh, Mr. Murphy put it? Uh, the people they like the mo they support the most, uh, the undocumented Americans. There is no such thing because they're not Americans. Or uh, this representative uh, Dalaka, Dalaka, 
who's more interested in, in people who, who came to the United States, possibly legally, possibly illegally? Why is it the Americans and the veterans that seem to be prioritized last among so much of the leadership of this country? I have to ask. Now, listen, if you want to find out more, there's a great place to get news, and I recommend you go there each and every day. That's AmericaOutloud.news. More important, uh, you know, it's not simply the stories and the videos and the podcasts and the articles. All that information, that great information that you can use is very helpful. But knowledge is not power until it's put into action. So you need to do something with that. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to share them. Find those posts, find those podcasts, find the video, find something that that tells you something new or or explain something better than you've ever heard before and share it. Share it with friends, share it with family, share it on social media, share it wherever you can. Because it's not simply the act of reading the news that is power. It's not the accumulation of knowledge that is power. That power must be put into action. The action of sharing, the act of sharing that information changes you. And it helps you secure the blessings of liberty. And by doing that, you also inform others so that they can also share and they can help secure the blessings of liberty. And on and on and on. If we want to win this country back, we do so by doing the work to secure those blessings we claim to love so much. Asiya believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel and be our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them, from improving immune health, regulating hormone balance, supporting gut health, to soothing the skin, even reducing the appearance of wrinkles, fine lines, and cellulite, and providing targeted support for mind, mood, energy, and even our body's own production of collagen. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in becoming your best self and fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Clean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption 
improving digestion and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study, and today we're talking about priorities. And it's understanding that um, you, you can help understand why people do what they do when you understand this their priorities. But it's it's not the thing when we're looking at priorities, especially our own priorities, it's not so much what we say, it's what we do. You, you may have say someone, well, you have a priority of, uh, uh, I don't know, like I said, saving for the future, but you spend money on enjoyments today rather than putting money aside to save. I know a lot of people that claim they have certain priorities, but when you look at what they do, well, you can see that no, their their actual priorities are different. For example, I, I saw an article that talked about the Wisconsin Election Commission voted five to one the other day to um, allow absentee ballots that are missing parts of the witness address. Now, I have to tell you, this is a little confusing. I, I had to do a fair amount of research to see if I could understand what's going on. So if I get this wrong, I apologize because I'm not an expert on Wisconsin law. Basically, as I understand it, what happened is there was a challenge during the uh, elections about um, uh, about the process of counting. So uh, apparently within the envelope, there's supposed to be a witness and the witness has to have an address and um so that they can verify yes you actually did this here's where life gets interesting so the commission held this vote because the court ordered it to right so a wisconsin court or apparently ordered uh and again this is based on uh uh ap um ap reporting right so the the um a Wisconsin judge ordered the state election uh, commission to implement the opinion that election clerks accept absentee ballots that have partial witness addresses. Now, why this is important is um, each of the last two presidential elections in Wisconsin were decided by less than twenty-three thousand votes. These are these are tight elections, so the the. The outlier, the minimal, makes a difference. Now, since uh, Trump lost Wisconsin in 2020, Republicans in the state have been fighting to tighten the rules about absentee ballots, when they can be accepted, how they can be accepted. Um, and as I understand it, state law requires that an absentee ballot must be submitted with a witness signature and an address on the outside of the envelope that actually contains the ballot. Apparently there were lawsuits about that, and this judge said, and I guess if I if I read this right, because it's kind of a, there's a whole bunch of articles I have to kind of weave together. Um, originally, they said, no, if it's not, if the address is not complete, uh, we can't accept it, therefore we can't accept the ballot. 
Um, then a judge said, no, even if that's not complete, you have to accept it. What I did find is uh, under the Wisconsin state law, uh, they talk about the uh, uh, if the proof of residence uh, does not exist in the enclosed uh, or the name or address on the document that is provided is not the same as a name and address shown on the poll list, the Board of Absentee Ballot Canvassers shall proceed to, to provide as under 6.972, um, which involves marking them, I believe, as um, uh, as provisional ballots or rejected ballots. It's a bit confusing because, again, I'm not an expert on Wisconsin law, and it, it wasn't easy to track down. But let's get back to the original question. What we have here are differing priorities. One group wants to weigh heavily on the accuracy, the validity of the ballots. Another priority is to have as get as many ballots counted as possible. But here's where things get interesting, because again, we're dealing with absentee ballots for all elections not simply the presidential election, and that's why this becomes extremely important. See, Article 2 of the Constitution says that the manner of appointing electors is to be determined by the state legislature. Now, if the reporting I have is correct, and state law requires that absentee ballots be submitted with a witness's signature and address on the outside of the envelope that contains the ballot, and if there's state law requires that that uh, address be complete and accurate, then we have a serious problem. Because now we have the judicial branch and a judge and the executive branch through the election commission that are changing the manner in which electors are appointed. And if Wisconsin holds true to form and the upcoming presidential election is close in that, this becomes an issue. But really what we're saying is if they follow what the court says rather than what the law says, then the state of Wisconsin has, has, uh, it will have, will have illegally appointed electors. That's the important thing to understand here. It is only the state legislature and only the state legislature that gets to determine the manner of appointing electors. If they, if state law says, yes, you can have absentee ballots under these circumstances and these requirements, if you do not fill the requirements, that ballot is not valid, at least not for the presidential electors, for choosing presidential electors, which again brings an issue because those ballots may be perfectly valid for every other election, all the state, all the local elections, senator, representative but not for president because, and again, electors for president, right? Because um, we forget, and even I fall into the trap, right? People don't vote for president. The people do not vote for president. In fact, I'm working on an article where I'm going to actually explain in detail how we actually go about voting for president. It's the states that vote for president. It's the states that appoint the electors that will vote for president. And the requirement is, how those electors are appointed must be determined by the legislature of the state. And 
here you have and again that was a problem in 2020 i brought out is several states illegally appointed electors yet they still got counted so um we're likely it looks like we're likely to have this again in 2024 at least in wisconsin and most likely a lot of other states as well because this has become common uh, practice again because most of the time we don't know most people don't know what the constitution says about how he actually elected president speaking of that and speaking of mail-in ballots um, the heartland institute issued a study and they tried to engage the probable impact of uh fraudulent they refer to them as fraudulent mail-in ballots uh cast for uh then candidate joe biden and president donald trump in the in the 2020 election what was the impact and again they're trying to estimate it they're gauging it they, you can't prove what would have happened if but they're trying to gauge what was the impact on it now what they did is apparently they looked at a uh a, a, a study that was based on a survey done by both Heartland and Rasmussen in December. And um, during that survey, I, I talked about it before, they found that roughly one in five mail-in voters admitted that um, they violated the law in in how they handled the ballots. Right? Um, according to this study, the, the study, they found that 17% of mail-in voters admitted that in 2020 they voted in a state where they were no longer a permanent resident. 21% of mail-in voters admitted they filled out a ballot for a friend or family member. 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without his or her permission. And 8% of likely voters say they were offered pay or reward for voting in 2020. Based on that, they said, listen, mail-in votes their problem they are a serious serious problem and um in 20 they were a problem in 2020. there was a new york times report i think it goes back to 2012 when they claimed that the rejection rate for mail-in ballots is twice that of in-person ballots granted it was two percent versus one percent but that's what they were they were talking about so here we have an interesting confluence we have a a state that is trying to um, use mail-in ballots, a court that may be trying to use mail-in ballots in contradiction to state law. You know, the state law says there must be a complete and accurate address. And they say, no, you have to accept it even if it's not complete, which also, by the way, means it's not accurate. Then that's a violation of state law. You have a court ordering a election commission, which is part of the executive branch, to do this again, which maybe, and I say maybe because, because again, I'm not an expert. I don't know all the details. Maybe there's a part of the state law that I missed or am unaware of that would allow a partial address for a witness rather than for the actual person casting the ballot to be. I don't know. But what we're seeing is we are already seeing the people lining up with their priorities. One says we want to be accurate. We want ballots counted. We're more worried about accuracy than we are about anything else. That gets into the question of the absentee ballots from uh, Wisconsin. That gets into the uh, the the Rasmussen um, Heartland poll, saying that um, 
up to one in five mail-in ballots were fraudulently cast. They were cast in violation of the law, which is a significant impact and probably could have had an impact on the election. In fact, the according to the again, Heartland uh, Institute, their conclusion was these fraudulent ballots almost assuredly cost Donald Trump the presidency in 2020. And again, a lot of the impact they claim came from the tremendous expansion of mail-in ballots. Uh, according to the, the, the study, they said, had the 2020 election been conducted like every national election has over the last two centuries, wherein the vast majority of voters cast ballots in person rather than by mail, Donald Trump would have almost certainly been reelected. Now, that's their opinion, and I, I, I didn't go into all the details of where they came to that, what, drove, what evidence they have for that conclusion. But think about that impact. Again, according to, uh, I forget which sources they said, uh, uh, I think this came from the report, over 43% of 2020 votes were cast by mail. 43%, two-fifths, more than two-fifths. And if that's true, so if, if, if 43% of the ballots were cast by mail and 20% of the ballots that were cast by mail were fraudulent, then that would mean almost 10% of the ballots cast in the 2020 election were fraudulent. Now, I, we don't know who they voted for. I believe the um, uh, what Heartland did is they based it on the, the general demographics of the areas where they saw the, the, um, the issues with the mail-in ballots. I'm not sure. But it does show to me, again, do we want to prioritize accuracy over speed, over qu quality over quantity? Or are we just more interested in getting as many votes cast as possible? But these are two different priorities. The, everybody says that, that they want uh, people to vote and that they want all the votes, all the, the, the votes counted. But again, we're back to priorities. Do you want all the legal votes cast, all the legal votes ca uh, counted, are we willing to recognize that there are people out there who intentionally or otherwise will cast ballots that they're not supposed to? That's a priority. To me, that's a priority. I, I, want, I want quality of the count over speed of the count. Yes, I want people to vote, but I want to make sure that when the people vote, that their votes are being accurately counted. Because if they're not accurately counted, we don't have elections. We have faux elections. And that means that the United States is no longer a republic. Because if the people aren't choosing their representatives, then again, we're not a republic. A republic requires that the people elect representatives to exercise their power in their name. To me, that's a very important point when it comes to the future, not only of the United States, but of your rights and your ability to exercise your rights, to have your rights defended and protected, the tools so that you can defend and assert your rights properly. I don't want the American people to be asleep at the switch 
during this next election. We saw what happened in the last election. I don't want to see it again in this election. Speaking of being asleep at the switch, you know, getting a good night's sleep is crucial to a healthy life. Now, there are a lot of, of tools, a lot of, of things you can take to help help you get to sleep. Some of them are, are, are chemical. Some of them are, are hormones. But even the hormones can cause a, a pattern disruption. They can interfere with your, your normal sleep cycle. I got something you should try. It, it, it's Restful Sleep from the Wellness Company. All natural ingredients designed to calm your mind, reduce stress, so you can get a better, more restful night's sleep. I use it when I've got those nights where the mind just won't shut down and I can't get to sleep. It is made here in the USA. It is backed by documented research. It is vetted by the chief medical board of the wellness company. And since you're an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off Restful Sleep or any of the products from the wellness company. You can also get 25% off your the first month of membership if you use the code out loud. Find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. But please, check out the wellness company. Find the details at americaoutloud.shop. Use the code out loud when you check out. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud. As a thank you, you get 25% off your products and off your first month of membership. Well, the year 2024 must be the year of the Patriot and AmericaOutloud.news will equip you with all the information you need to give new meaning to the words Patriot Act. For our actions always ultimately define our words. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health. Cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off.
Welcome back, Everyday Americans, to rejoin the Constitution Study. Today we're talking about priorities, our priorities, your priorities we observe in others. And I want you to think about this. I see this a lot across a wide spectrum, and those are people who place political party as a priority. I'm not saying that they have a party and that they're interested in it, but they, they, they seem to place party above all else. And this seems to become more and more prevalent the higher up in the higher echelons we the people achieve in government. Though you're much more likely to see this at the federal level than you are at, say, a state level, or you know, for a higher office rather than a lower office. And it reminded me uh, of a line from Washington's farewell address. He said, the alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension. It's the idea of revenge. I want, I, I, we, again, we see it in um, vilifying an opposing party candidate for stuff that you ignored in your own party candidate. And vice versa, right? It, it's, you know, hey, look at, look at what my party candidate's done. Oh, when the other post does, does something, no, we're not going to talk about that. It's the spirit of revenge, the priority of party above all things. Now, Washington went on to say, it serves always to distract the public councils and enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms, kindles the animosity of one part against another, foments occasionally riot and insurrection. It opens the door to foreign influence and corruption, which finds a, it finds a facilitated access to the government itself through the channels of party passions. Think about that for a second. The enfeeblement of public administration, uh, communities with ill-founded jealousies, false alarms, animosities against each other, riots, insurrections. Does that not describe the United States today? Where the, the opposing party can do nothing right? Consider the damage that does. For example, the, uh, the Supreme Court is hearing, has heard a case regarding uh, Colorado Supreme Court saying that Donald Trump was, was not qualified for the presidential ballot, therefore he should not be allowed on the state's primary ballot. By the way, both parties I hear described this completely differently. Right? The, the, you know, people say um, that it's, it's cruel because, well, they're supporting their Republican candidate, or sometimes just Mr. Trump personally. While others ignore all the issues with it because, well, in their mind, Donald Trump is evil either because he's Donald Trump or because he's a Republican. That enfeebles our administration. That's what foments so much of the dissent. Now, why what brought this to my attention is not so much that the uh, the Supreme Court has heard this case. I've talked about that already. It's some of the comments from Chief Justice Roberts. In describing this, what would happen if, um, in the consequence of the the Donald Trump ballot ban, again, not simply in Colorado, but what we're seeing in several states, he said it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. Now, he pointed out that this is uh, um, inconsistent with the history and purpose of the 14th Amendment. 
but um, think of think of the consequences. He said, I would expect that a goodly number of states will say, who again, if the uh, uh, the Colorado Supreme Court decision stands, if if the if Donald Trump is barred from the ballot under that state provision, he said, I would expect that a godly number, I'm sorry, goodly number of states will say, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot. Think about it. How many people have already called for uh, Joe Biden's uh, eligibility to be challenged once they started uh, uh, challenging, or in this case, actually removing Donald Trump from the ballot? Now, if we if we take the time to look at this rationally, reasonably, um, I think we come to a conclusion. But right now what I'm seeing is I'm seeing people that, are, that are, are flailing for anything to prevent Donald Trump from being on the ballot. And in response, I see people flailing to do anything to either keep Donald Trump on the ballot or remove opposition of Donald Trump from the ballot. And the problem with that is that shows the priority is party or candidate right sometimes you know washington warned that that uh one candidate would uh get more attention than the than another that uh how did he put it he said uh the disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual and sooner or later the chief of some prevailing faction more able or more fortunate than his competitors turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. Doesn't sound very good. I understand the purpose of the 14th Amendment. And and if there was evidence that Donald Trump had actually, or any individual, had committed insurrection, I could see the justification for disqualifying from holding any office in, in the federal government. That's what the 14th Amendment was about. But this isn't a question of insurrection. This is a question of politics. Prioritizing political party and the party's candidate above everything else. Now let's take a look at a couple of other things here. Um, so one of the areas where you see, again, priorities coming out and, and um, has to deal with the celebrity. I never understood why people would make voting decisions based on the opinion of somebody who plays make-believe for a living. Think about it. You have an actor, an actress, you know, they they play make-believe. That that's their job is to play make-believe. Based on that, you're going to make your your decision or a singer or a sports uh, celebrity, whatever the answer is, even a news celebrity, you're going to make your decision based on that. Well, if there's been a rabid anti-Trumper, you'd certainly call it Michael Rappaport. I mean, he's been an activist uh, uh, against Donald Trump, uh, I think pretty much from the beginning, certainly since since uh, uh, Charlottesville. Well, he's now acknowledged that um, that he was wrong. He's a role that, that when you take a step back. Yes. You also acknowledge that because I, well, you've I will also, acknowledge yeah. that you know that one thing about the Charlottesville that 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 I ranted about. Yes, and I was wrong about the both sides thing. Yeah, yeah, and, but, so and I respect so irresponsible, and I respect the shit out of it. Wait, let me let me hear him out. Hang on, yeah. go a little bit more. What do you mean by that? You were wrong on that. 
No, because he said the, the both sides, you know, there's good people on both sides. And when you see the full quote, yeah, yeah, it, that wasn't what, what he said. And, 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 you know, I, I ranted on him hard for that. Mm -hmm. Hard. There's some video about it, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I ranted hard because I was like, what are you talking about, man? I will give Michael Rappaport credit for eventually realizing his mistake and correcting it. He was on a, I think he was on a podcast of some sort, but he at least admitted, went out on Twitter uh, and, and uh, he admitted, you know what? I was, I was wrong. When you watch the whole video, that's not what he was saying. Now, I want to back up a little bit because there was a great, I heard a great story. Um, it talked about a father trying to teach his son about the importance of words. And uh, he was, he was bad. The son was bad mouthing his mother. So the father said, listen, every time you say a foul word to your mother, you're going to come out back. You're going to take the nail and you're going to drive it into the, uh, into the fence. And this went on. And as the number of nails in the fence grew, the, the boy started seeing what was going on. And he, he stopped, you know, he first, he slowed down. Then he stopped using that language. So the father came along and said, now, Every time you say something good to your mother, you get to take a nail out of the fence. Well, of course, it started slowly, but eventually, yes, nails are coming out of the fence. Father took him out, his son out back and said, all the nails are gone, but you still see the holes. So you, you, the, you can't unring a bell. There, are, there was damage that, that Mr. Rappaport had done, and there's nothing he can do to change that. There's no way to go back in time and change that. He can make amends for it. He can do a lot of things, but he's never going to change the impact of what he said, which is why I come back to you and say, why here at the Constitution study, the priority is to find the truth, to get as much of the story as possible, to come up, to, to expose you to what is going on and provide you evidence whenever possible that what we're saying to the best of our ability, is true. I don't know how long Michael Rappaport uh, railed against uh, against Charlottesville. I got what five years now. So let me ask you: What if five years ago he had said, "Wow, that sounds ridiculous. Let me see if I can find some context. Maybe let me listen to the other side and see if they can give me some information that comes to that that impacts on this." What would have been the difference? Same thing for each and every one of you. I've, I've been having a, an exchange with a gentleman who has an opinion about Donald Trump. Fine. Everybody has an opinion. The problem is he keeps stating his opinion as fact and provides absolutely no evidence to support his position. This is not a, a one-time thing, and he's not the only individual to do it. He's just the most recent Actually, it's not the most recent. I just had another one with a YouTube commenter. Again, making blanket statements. I'm like, those are opinions. Here are the facts. In fact, he was commenting on a video I did that listed the facts. It gave you links to go verify that what I was saying was true. See, if your priority, as mine is, is to try to find the truth, to recognize I'm not going to be perfect, I'm going to make mistakes, 
There are going to be times when I have to change my position and partner and whole because somebody gives me facts and data, evidence that shows I'm wrong. That's my priority. If the priority is simply to have a ranting session that, uh, you know, whatever you believe is true and the world has to, is going to change and conform around it, that's a different priority. Now, some priorities take more work. You know, it's, it, it's hard sometimes to uh, find the truth. It's hard to look at something you've believed all your life and realize maybe that's wrong. It takes time and it takes effort. But I believe, I believe it's worth it. Because the other side takes work too. If you believe something, not because you've got evidence to support it, very often what you'll do is you'll try to make up evidence to support your position. Uh, for example, apparently there was a tete-a-tete a, a -tete on uh, MSNBC between uh, Chris Hayes and, and Rachel Maddow. Um, I, and again, this was spark, sparked by the, the Robert Herr uh, uh, report and Biden's press conference shortly thereafter where he made some blunders, shall we say. Um, I, I believe he referred to Mexico, to, to um, uh, Mexico having a border with Israel, uh, or at least that's what he implied. It, it, was, it was kind of a mess. In response to that, uh, um, Chris Hayes said, if someone says you're too far left, you can tack to the center. But there's nothing you can do if someone says you're too old. Maddow's response was, he rides a bike. Now, okay, getting exercise can help extend your, 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 your the physical health and keep you alive longer does nothing for your mental acuity. By the way, I have no inherent problem with Biden's age. It's his mental capabilities, his, his evidence of, of mental deficiencies that I have a concern with. But if your response to um, the evidence of, the, um, of Biden's mental state, of um, his, his memory being limited, of him uh, uh, apparently um, just not being all there mentally is he rides a bike. That kind of falls under this heading of better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and prove it. Because if you're not willing to recognize the obvious shortcomings in your preferred candidate, no one takes you seriously at all. No one should take you seriously at all. Then again, I haven't taken Rachel Maddow seriously for many years. But if your candidate can do no wrong, if you have to cover for everything that they're doing, then not only do they have a problem, but you do as well. Because your priority in this situation appears to be to have Joe Biden remain as president even after the next election rather than saying do we have somebody with a mental issue with their access to the nuclear football making policy decisions representing the united states to the world is your priority simply to have a democratic candidate 
to have that Democratic candidate. And by the way, the flip is true as well, right? There's a lot of flaws in Donald Trump. I don't know plenty of people that will make each make excuses for everything Donald Trump says, no matter how ridiculous it is, because in their mind, a Republican president or Donald Trump as president is their priority. I can't change that. All I can do is recognize it and maybe make my arguments within that context. But I think it's more important that we look at ourselves, at our arguments and our priorities, and ask ourselves, based on what we've said, based on what we've done, what truly is our priority? And is it the one we really think we should be promoting? I hope you come back here and join us for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, all the episodes go to podcasts, generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app. I also put links to, to some of the stories that I use in there as well. But do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave the episode's ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. Maybe they'll get exposed to, to some of this information. Maybe they'll go on to share it themselves. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please, that knowledge is not powerful until we put it into action. Share this information, share those links, share the stories and episodes. By doing so, you're sharing more than just the, the Constitution study at americaoutloud.news. No, no, no. You are helping to share the blessings of liberty. Liberty. 